Locked On Podcast Network presents Locked On Sports Today. The Suns couldn't lose back-to-back home games in the playoffs, right? Devin Booker said no way. Also, the Cavaliers drew even with the Knicks and the Panthers. Being sold on Bryce Young this early is causing indigestion for some people in Charlotte. I'm Peter Bukowski, starting your day with the can't-miss stories and biggest debates in sports. You're locked on sports today. Searching all major sports. Found. Let's start with the biggest story. After gutting the roster to get Kevin Durant in Phoenix, the Suns went down 0-1 in their playoff series with the LA Clippers. They could not afford to go down 0-2, and Devin Booker made sure they didn't. 38 points in a 123-109 Game 2 win to send it back to L.A. with this series knotted one game apiece. Brendan Clean joins me from the arena in Phoenix after Game 2. Brendan, what was the difference? What adjustments did Phoenix make to get back in this series? Yeah, I think, I mean, look, they kind of went to some of the offensive cheat codes that Kevin Durant and Devin Booker being on your team allows you to have things that we, a lot of people watching this team had kind of been scratching their heads, wondering why we didn't see it sooner, right? Set, set, have one of them set a screen for the other, have one of them isolate and play off of that with ball movement and shot making and, and all the rest. It, it felt like for the first six quarters of this series, they just lacked the confidence and sort of, I don't know, moxie, whatever it was to, to just execute those basic things. And then in that second half, you really ended the second quarter through the second half. You really saw them get it figured out. And I mean, this was about as unstoppable of an offensive performance from that point on as, as you'll see. Yeah. Shooting almost 59% from the field, almost 42% from three. And that is one of the interesting narratives in this series so far, at least it was coming out of game one that, the Clippers shooting threes and the Suns not being a team that wants to rain down threes just tilted the math in favor of the Clippers. Well, in this one, the Suns, they get 10 of 24 and the Clippers go 11 of 30. So there is no big advantage there. Was this as simple as, hey, let's take a couple more of these? Or was it someone like Tory Craig going, uh, you know, five of eight on threes? Yeah, I think you actually really saw those threes by Craig in that second quarter be what kind of awoke the team's offense I would say you know they put the ball in Devin Booker's hands had him run a lot of pick and roll with DeAndre Ayton Chris Paul just as you know kind of there as a floor spacer second side operator they were helping off Torrey Craig even on the strong side of the floor with those pick and rolls and Booker was finding him because that's a very easy pass to make players lesser than Devin Booker are going to see that maybe they don't attract the attention to to get that help and, and have that player be open but Craig was right there and, and nailed them I think that there's a certain level of trust that you know, they also didn't necessarily have in game one of just, hey, let's 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 do what caught us here. These guys might not be, you know, sharpshooters, but they are who they are. And, and that's our teammates. So, like, you know, pass them the ball when they're open and, and let it fly. And I think that that kind of did jumpstart them. And then, look, yeah, mid-range shots, tough contested jumpers. That's not going to be the most efficient in theory. But when you have guys like Booker and, and Durant, that becomes a pretty efficient shot. So that's what carried them home. Honestly, Chris Paul with several jumpers at the end of the game, really to, to, to ice it. Um, so all three of those guys, you know, when they're making them, it's a great shot. You'll take it. Yeah. And Chris Paul in game one missed a bunch of shots. We normally see him make some of those mid range pull-up shots off pick and roll, just not going down for him. I think the, the lingering question is going to be a question of depth. 
Um, the the Sun starters, everyone played 32 plus minutes. KD played 44. Devin Booker played 45. And you, you, you did get 15 Joshua Kogi minutes, but you have to dust off Bismack Biombo. He plays 15 minutes. Landry Shamick gets 14 minutes in this game. Do you feel any better about the Suns' depth after a performance like this as they move <laughs> forward? Because they're going to need it. No, I don't. Um, <laughs> okay. I don't feel any better about it. I don't think the Suns would either. Um, you know, that bench still did barely any scoring. I thought Biombo was, was what they needed in terms of physicality, help defense, rebounding, things like that. The rebounding was not as much of a problem for them tonight as it was in, in the past game. Um, but look, I mean, I think the one of the biggest issues that uh, is a domino effect of what you just described is their starters are playing a ton of minutes, Booker and Durant, both in the mid forties in both of these first two games, you know, they want to win a championship. They're looking at four rounds. I don't think that is necessarily sustainable, but they might not have a choice. Stay up to date all year on the Phoenix Suns by subscribing to Locked On Sports today and Locked On Suns on your favorite podcast app and on YouTube. Thanks for making Locked On Sports today your first listen. Coming up, the Cavaliers even their series with the Knicks as that one heads to New York. Before we get to how they did it, we'll see an inspiring return to the football field this fall. The NBA playoffs rage on, and there's no better place to get in on the action than FanDuel, America's number one sports book. That's because right now, FanDuel is giving new customers a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's up to $1,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Just go to FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and sign up today to claim your no-sweat first bet. Then you can wager on everything from the money line to point spreads to which team will be winning the NBA title. And in those odds, the Boston Celtics are now plus 280. They're the favorites to win the NBA title with the Bucs having lost game one and now Giannis doubtful for game two. The Bucs right behind them at plus 340 and the top Western Conference team plus 550 all on an app that's safe, secure and super easy to use. So don't miss your shot at a no sweat first bet up to $1,000 when you join FanDuel today. Just go to FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to sign up. Make every moment more with FanDuel. So we all know ExpressVPN protects your privacy and security online, right? But there's something you might not know. You can also use ExpressVPN to unlock movies and shows that are only available in other countries. If you're like me, you've run out of stuff to watch on Netflix. And this will change your world and expand your world. You could spend the next week trying to binge The Office on UK Netflix because all you have to do is fire up your ExpressVPN app, change the location to UK, refresh Netflix, and that's it. That's it. Now you have access to all of the content that you might not have otherwise had access to from 100 different countries. So you can imagine all the Netflix libraries you can go through, and it's not just Netflix. ExpressVPN works with any streaming service, Hulu, BBC, iPlayer, YouTube, you name it. There are hundreds of VPNs out there. But the reason I use ExpressVPN to watch shows is because it's ridiculously fast. That is key. If I'm using a VPN to stream a show, I need the quality to be there. And it is in HD, no problem. Plus, it works on all of your devices, phones, media consoles, smart TVs, and more. You can watch what you want on the big screen or on the go. And I just gave you access to hundreds of new shows and movies with expressvpn.com slash locked right now. And you can get an extra three months of ExpressVPN for free. That's expressvpn.com slash locked, expressvpn.com slash locked to learn more. Now, here's what you need to be locked on today. (laughs) 
Damar Hamlin has been completely cleared to play football. And this event was life-changing, but it's not the end of my story. So I'm here to announce that I plan on making a comeback to the NFL. My heart is still in it, you know, my heart is still in the game. Uh, I love the game. Um, it's something I want to prove to myself, not nobody else, you know. Uh, it's just, I just want to show people that, that fear is a choice, um, that, you know, you can keep going in something without having the answers and without knowing what's at the end of the tunnel. Or, you know, you might, you might feel anxious, you might feel any type of way, you know, but you just keep putting that right foot in front of the left one and you keep going. I want to stand for that. It is truly incredible that we went from DeMar Hamlin's life on the line to now being able to tell stories about him getting back, being able to play the game he has dedicated his life to playing. Incredible. The Pittsburgh Steelers are hoping they can teach an old dog new tricks as Allen Robinson goes from the LA Rams to the Steel City. How much does he have left in the tank? First and foremost, this guy's 30 years old. He's about, what, 6'3 to 11. Uh, he's a bigger wide, bigger bodied wide receiver who I think is going to be able to give the Steelers another veteran presence in the wide receiver room next to Deontay Johnson. And then you have the two second year players in George Pickens and Calvin Austin. The question will be, where do you put Allen Robinson with those lineups? Because you're not taking Deontay Johnson off the field. You're not taking George Pickens off the field. And Allen Robinson in his last two years split between the Rams and the Bears. He played less than 30% of his time in the slot. So would this be asking the veteran to tune towards the slot? Is this moving someone else to the slot? What would the Steelers be willing to do with him? It also then jumps to the question we'll get later about what does this do for the Steelers draft plans at wide receiver because now you're adding an NFL vet. The NBA announced that Draymond Green has been suspended late Tuesday night. This comes after Green stomped on Damana Sabonis in game two of the Warriors and Kings first round series. We talked to both Warriors and Kings hosts about that last night. The suspension is for one game, game three. Included in the press conference was that the suspension was decided due in part to Green's history of unsportsmanlike conduct. You may recall Draymond Green got suspended back in the NBA Finals when they were up 3-1 against the Cleveland Cavaliers. A series the Cavs came back to win. The Tri-State Series got off to a New York start as the Rangers battled the Devils. The New York Rangers special teams have a special night to spark the team to a 5-1 win and a 1-0 series lead over the New Jersey Devils. What is going on, Blue Shirts fans? This is John Check, the host of the Locked On New York Rangers podcast. And yeah, you know, for this game one win between the power play for the Rangers as well as the penalty kill, I think this is the best night that the Rangers have had on special teams the entire season. Uh, the Devils go 0 for 4 on the power play, but it goes well beyond just a simple 0 for 4. It's the fact that uh, the Ranger penalty killers played nearly flawless hockey uh, on this night. They were standing up the Devils at the blue line. They were forcing turnovers. They were keeping the puck pinned to the boards, getting some timely clears here and there, uh, even playing keep away at one point, you know, keeping the puck away from the Devils while the Rangers were shorthanded. The Toronto Maple Leafs, on the other hand, they have some work to do after their game one on a home ice loss to the Tampa Bay Lightning. 
It was an unfortunate start to the playoffs for the Toronto Maple Leafs as they lose 7-3 in Game 1 to the Tampa Bay Lightning. And really, you could not ask for a worse start. Worst start to the hockey game for the Toronto Maple Leafs. They were down 3-0 after the first period. And it was the floodgates just opened from there. The Leafs attempted to try to make a comeback to make it 3-2. And then Tampa took it for the rest of the game right over there. Penalties. And just a lot of things went wrong for the Leafs in this game. Uh, David Morrissey here from Locked On Leafs. Michael DeSef and I will discuss everything that went wrong for the Leafs in this game. How they will try to rebound for game two and more. So make sure you tune in to Locked On Leafs podcast. It is your team every day. Here is another story you need to know. In an old school knockdown dragout fight, the Knicks stole game one against the Cleveland Cavaliers in game two. Darius Garland and the Cavs responded. Garland poured in 32 points and the Cavs got a 107-90 victory to square this series at one apiece. Chris Manning from Locked on Cavs is in the arena post-game after this one. And Chris, what was the big difference between game one and game two for the Cavs? I mean, I think more than anything else, it's it's Darius Garland. I mean, I think he came out aggressive. He had a really quiet first six minutes, had some loose passes here and there, but really was assertive as a scorer, really was assertive as a creator, and had control of the game. Cleveland is at its best when he is in control, when he is kind of doing a little bit of everything, and he is scoring, he is assisting. That is what happened in this game, and they got a win. And they navigated the pressure of the Knicks better. They made some better rotations. They rebounded better as well, but it, it starts with Garland. It was also a game where the Knicks could not make any shots. What kind of defensive adjustments, if any, did you see? I mean, I think it was the physicality. I, I mean, I think there was just meeting guys at the rim. There was contesting shots. There was getting your hands in on the ball and slapping it away. I mean, I think that's where it started. There was you know, certainly, um, yeah, I, I think the effort, I think the physicality is the difference. There's not, to me, a ton schematically that changed, right? I think it starts with the physicality and really kind of extends from that. In in game one, it was Josh Hart as that other piece, aside from the, the top two scores for the Knicks, that, that really made the difference. In this one, it was Karis LeVert, who was kind of a mess in game one um, and and has been inconsistent over the course of the season, right? This is this is the bugaboo spot for the Cavs. We've been talking about it on this show, and I'm sure on your show all season long. Yep. So what what can the Cavs expect from LeVert moving forward? Which version of them are, of him are they going to get? You're going to get some up and down. I think that's been the case with him the entire season. Um, I, I think you've had you know really good stretches of him, and I think to his credit, he has really bought into what they've asked him to be and asked him to do. But you know, it was telling Isaac Okoro started this game, picked up two quick fouls. Jetty Osmond came in for first, but then Levert starts the second half, and Levert put it in score. He played good defense on ball, um, really at the point of attack. I mean, it was a pretty complete Karis Levert performance, and I think you're hoping the shot making, the creation, the providing some secondary playmaking off of the lead guys. That's what you're looking for. They didn't play Ricky Rubio in this game. They don't really have a, another point guard they're going to roll with. It's going to be on Levert to kind of be that third ball handler. And if that's going to be his role, he looks comfortable. And, and maybe just maybe if his role is create, hit some shots, play within the flow of things, and, and play hard, I think you can get maybe not this every night, particularly if Mitchell has a bigger night than he did because it was kind of a quiet Mitchell game by his standards, but you can get something like this going forward with Lambert. It's what he's done, at least on the stretch run of the regular season. They had five guys play 35 minutes or more, two guys play 20, and then basically token minutes for everyone else. Is that enough? No. No. <laughs> I, I think big, big pick. I, look, I think big picture. No, I mean I think they are searching. You get beyond 
this round. I think that's the biggest concern, right? I think that's like you're still going to build up the roster, but this is the playoffs. Like you're just going to ride your guys, and they were in the regular season with a really good net rating, a really good offense, a really good defense that relied on its starters much more than any of the other good teams. They just haven't found that piece. They relied on the starters to stop them here. I think big picture, it's a big concern, but can they win this series playing this way? I think the answer is yes. We saw two very different games in game one and game two. Which version of this series is more likely to be what we see moving forward? I think game two. Um, I think there are things Cleveland has figured out offensively that I think will carry over. I think that the, the Knicks will be better at home. I think that game three environment MSG is going to be an absolute just crazy thing. And I'm very jealous of you. I guess you don't cover that. I think that's going to be amazing up there, maybe with like the, the Kings crowds we've seen. But I, I think I think Cleveland has figured out some stuff defensively. And if we go back a couple of years with Tibbs, they got picked apart by Trey Young after Trey Young figured out they're at the level of pick and roll defense. Cleveland, I think, has figured that out. Garland has figured that out. And Mitchell, I think Cleveland's offense is going to be humming from here. And if they can keep up the rebounding stuff, keep up the physicality, I think they're going to be in a really good spot. I think the series is going seven games, Peter. I think this is going to be highly competitive, grimy basketball. But I think Cleveland has figured some stuff out that I, that would lead me to think they're they're – projecting well forward stay up to date all year on the cleveland cavaliers by subscribing to locked on sports today and locked on cavaliers on your favorite podcast app and on youtube coming up bryce young may not be the best option for the carolina panthers at number one. ever since the carolina panthers acquired the number one overall pick there have been varying reports as to who they will select Locked On Panthers host Julian Council is nervous that all signs point to the Panthers already having made up their mind that Alabama's Bryce Young will be their choice. So I tell you I'm nervous hearing all this only because it starts to become real. I'm not wavering. I'm not waffling on my belief in Bryce Young. Now, he is an outlier. He's 5'10", 204, so they say. Now, I went and got a biometric screening on Friday, and apparently I'm six foot and a half and 201. So taller, but slighter than Bryce Young. The point still remains that Bryce Young is basically my size and not a very large individual. Now, we have seen plenty of larger quarterbacks go down and have their careers ended by injuries. Uh, we saw one here in Cameron Jarrell Newton. We saw Andrew Luck up in Indianapolis. Now, obviously, the protection or lack thereof was a key part in why those injuries happened. But still, it's a physical game. And no matter how big or tall you are, the physical toll of football will one day catch up on you. And there are legitimate concerns of whether Bryce Young at 5'10", 204, probably really 5'10", 190, 195 playing weight, whether he can survive a 17-game season, but not just that. He, If he can survive five of them, six of them, 10, really, what you're asking for, 10, 12, 15 of those, because you're looking for a franchise quarterback. And the hope is that's what Bryce Young will be. So when I hear the Carolina Panthers, really dating back the last two weeks, have all but made up their mind, it makes me nervous because now it's like, oh, God, please tell me they're not going to get this wrong. There's two things here that stand out to me. The first is you have to trade up knowing you have a guy. This happened in San Francisco, it seems, where they traded up believing it was for one player and eventually they decided to take another one because they had the time to do it. Pick your guy and go up and get him. That's the first thing. And if Bryce Young is your guy, 
Understand what you're getting. The smallest quarterback to be not just a first round pick, the number one overall pick. He would be easily the most outlier of outliers that we have had in the modern era. The smallest quarterback we would have ever seen in a situation like this. And one of the smallest preferred starters, just period, we've ever seen at the position. And you're doing it because he excelled in the SEC, because he has playmaking traits, because he's so poised, his preternatural ability to see things before they happen, to feel pressure before it comes. Yes, that stuff is great. But is it all-time great? Because he is all-time small to be an NFL quarterback and not just an NFL quarterback, the number one overall pick that you gave up an incredible amount, multiple first-round picks, DJ Moore, to go get. And you are banking on an outlier? Are you sure? Are you really sure? I wouldn't be. And finally, they changed up the format of the Pro Bowl to be more conscious of player safety, but Miles Garrett is done, even so. The Browns edge rusher said he has retired from participating in any future Pro Bowl games after dislocating his right big toe during the event in February. Retired. Done. Like that. Like that right there, it's over. Hoops and obstacle courses are, are in the fine print. No more for MG. I just, I marvel at what a flex that is. Hey, you know, I know these games are only for people who are really, really good, but, and I'm really, really good, but I'm not, I'm not going again. I'm not going to, it's okay. Uh, I, I, could, I could go to 10 more of these, but I'm not, I'm not going to go. Thanks. Thanks, but no thanks. What a flex by Miles Garrett, who, by the way, has plenty to flex. Thanks for making Locked On Sports today your first listen. Now go find your favorite team's Locked On podcast and make them your second listen. Coming up tomorrow, will the Memphis Grizzlies win without John Morant? So at least until tomorrow, stay Locked On Sports today.